welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Um, just when I uh, got over this Browns game, we're right back here talking about it. Mm, back to old times, like that 0-16 season. Ooh. Oh, we recorded after every single game. I know it well. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Wasn't it 1-15 and and then 0-16? Yeah, that's yep. how we started this yes. thing. Yeah, yes. uh, we that might be little, the problem. <laughs> we we need to remember like how bad it's been, and like expectations are a bitch. But I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's just like a completely different. Like we didn't expect to really win many of those games. We were like heartbroken because they were within reach at certain points in time, and like we would be disappointed in like those little things that went wrong. But. It's really a very different ball game when you like are expecting to um, compete in the playoffs and you're being disappointed. Yeah, we went in at the beginning of those games thinking that we were going to lose. Then the hope was only there in the middle bits while right. the game was actually being played. Yeah. Our hope is throughout the week and then dashed on game day. Um, so uh, we here we are recording after uh, Pittsburgh Steelers' loss, and we know it well, 15-10. to 10. We wanted to deliver to you um, the real reason why you listen to this podcast, and that's... Uh, um, the name of the podcast, Sin of Our Fathers, we inherited this fandom. We don't hate ourselves. We didn't choose to be Browns fans. It was inherited from our grandfather and our father, and we call grandpa um, every week. And, and you guys have grandfathers just like this one um, who have awesome takes on the game, as ridiculous as they could possibly be. And so we wanted to give that to you. So we called grandpa just earlier today. We did and, call him. It was and, great. And uh, it was a great conversation. Um, I wish I could tell you that we had it for you. Um, but Michael uh, didn't record the conversation, uh, so we don't. Damn uh, it, Michael! <laughs> we have nothing for you. Um, I tried to play um, the technical director and tried to record it and completely. Gave I asked you for one thing, <laughs> one time, one time. Uh, it was it was a failure of epic proportions. I can tell you that Grandpa's really much more concerned about getting the squirrels out of his attic than he is about how the Browns are playing. Yeah. Um, if there's one takeaway from the conversation, that's what it is. Yeah, he is going through all sorts of new strategies to get the squirrels. <laughs> he said cayenne pepper, black pepper in the attic, and then he said a bunch of different traps and cameras that he's setting up in the attic to make sure he can he can find this. Talking squirrel. about getting a CCTV system that goes to his phone. This this might need to be a whole podcast. Maybe I'll just call our, Grandpa tomorrow and record it. <laughs> it's by far the most involved in technology that he's ever tried to be is trying to catch this squirrel Um, and then when we asked him about the game he was obviously disappointed Um, his main takeaways were that our offensive line isn't good um, (laughs) and that Nick Chubb shouldn't have gotten as many carries as he had we should have given more to Dearness Johnson is that fair I think that's fair to say it is it is fascinating to me well you gotta give the guy those are like the takeaways Okay, picture picture you are a retired guy. You don't watch a ton of football, and you're only watching the Browns game on Sunday. It's the only football that Grandpa knows is watching the Cleveland Browns play football. He doesn't watch the rest of the NFL, so he thinks... Your entire frame of reference for the NFL is what the Cleveland Browns are doing. Yes. Yes. So he doesn't know that we have the best offensive line in the league, and he doesn't know that Nick Chubb is one of the best runners of the football of our generation. He just sees Nick Chubb not get a ton of yards. Just running right into that line. Just ramming into it. So I, uh, it's, it's got to be hard to I, watch I, from that perspective. If I had a recommendation for Grandpa, it would be uh, 
watch the defense, like what the defense is doing against the Browns more than more yeah. more than just the results. That's not. Gonna and when happen. you say if you had a recommendation for Grandpa, are you really speaking to some of the listeners out there? Is this like just a, a way for you to? It's it's a low key way. <laughs> It's a low-key way. I, th- I think we've done that on this podcast. I don't think those and listeners. I don't think those listeners are still tuning yeah. in. It's it's something no, we've we done lost at those times. people a long time ago. <laughs> where we <laughs> use we use grandpa as a as a a, uh, a, a target to every time we speak mention a larger audience trading Jarvis Landry or cutting him. Those uh, listeners fall off one after another. There's a refining that's been happening over the last four years, <laughs> a dwindling of our listener base. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel bad for uh, the Browns. I feel bad for Grandpa. I want him to have a nice Super Bowl season. Um, that's what I really want for him. He also made some pretty articulate points about uh, Baker and Case Keenum and that he didn't want Baker to keep going out there injured. He did. Um, and that he would rather have someone who is fully healthy to play the game. He said that Baker's obviously way better than Case Keenum and can do way more, but that he wants... Uh, uh, a fully healthy quarterback that's, that's, out there. That's not an unreasonable. No, no it was a very reasonable no. take. It was and very articulate. And Mark asked a question before we hung up with him about the record. He said, "All right, we're four and four. Do you expect the Browns to make the playoffs?" And he said, "No, no, he doesn't." And I think that's fair. That's not an overly optimistic um, Pollyanna view at all. That's pretty realistic, I think. Um, uh, what? Uh, what kind four. of view? Pollyanna view? Yeah. What does that mean? You don't know what that means? No. Would you like to look it up? I would like for you to tell us. Tell me what it means. (laughs) My understanding of what Pollyanna means, then now I'm doubting it since neither one of you knows what it means. Is this like a kid's thing because you have kids and neither of us have kids? It's not really a kid's thing to my understanding. Um, It's more of a like always looking on the sunny side of like everything, like maybe a little bit of naivete about like the way that you view the world. Who is, who is this Pollyanna? That's a good question. I'm sure it comes from something, but I don't know where it comes from. Um, all right. If you're listening to the podcast and you know what this is, uh, tweet us and let us know. Or if you've never heard of it, also tweet us. I, I'm interested yeah. Yeah. in both. Rake me over the coals for a second time on this podcast. No, I, I just... messed up the recording and I don't know what Pollyanna means. Well, you very well may. I don't know what Pollyanna means. I've never heard it before. Um, but yeah, I don't think... Uh, Grandpa's seen a okay, lot more. Okay, the Pollyanna principle is the tendency for people to remember pleasant items more accurately than the unpleasant ones. So oh, I, I, that's pretty close. I was there. You go. Yeah. I was in line with. It was accurately yeah, well used. Done. Um, I think Grandpa's just seen a lot more Browns football than us, um, and he knows how it goes. He he knows how he knows how to watch Browns football. He is not getting his hopes up. Grandpa is not going to be disappointed at the end of the season when we don't make the playoffs. You know who is. Me, <laughs> you, know you know who's, who's gonna, gonna be crushed. You know who's gonna be absolutely devastated. I am. Grandpa's gonna be fine. He's gonna be searching for that squirrel. He might even catch it. <laughs> who knows? I'm gonna be miserable at the end of the season. That is a man who has seen some things and he knows how to handle himself. Uh, I think we should all take a page out of his book, Captain Ahab, down there in the villages, <laughs> just chasing his white whale or squirrel in this case. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Grandpa was really fixated on this squirrel in his attic, and I, I don't know if you find this amusing or not. We find it incredibly amusing. Uh, our dad went down there for the weekend, and he said there is definitively no squirrel <laughs> in his attic. There is certainly not. We don't know what he's hearing, but it's what he spends most of his time doing. 
most of his time fixated on catching this non-existent squirrel. I promised in the conversation that we don't have for you that I would taxidermy it for him <laughs> if he ever caught it. Um, and I feel like... We've we've done a great job of recapping the content of the call with Grandpa, but there's no way to capture the joy and the essence of Grandpa and his That's like so consistent true. laughter um, throughout the conversation. It's, it's really so, a shame you screwed that up. Mike. Yeah, it's it is really, a shame. Really so I apologize wholeheartedly, and I hope to bring you a conversation with Grandpa soon. If only Matthew could be here to actually oversee the technical aspects of that recording, that would be great. Yeah, um, let's talk about something a little bit uh, worse. Let's talk about this. Browns Steelers game the 15 to 10 loss to the Steelers at home um a good defensive performance a terrible offensive one um, and we held the team to 15 points I mean I, mean, I can't complain about we can't complain about what happened um but yeah go ahead Matthew I have a take go hit us take. with it I've been I've been tasked with telling this to the podcast audience my wife Sarah Caitlin my wife watched <laughs> The Browns game when I was not there. Wow. And she she said, put this in the podcast. Tell everybody. Okay. The Pittsburgh Steelers didn't win that game. The Browns lost that game. <laughs> She's not wrong. She is not wrong. Yep. yep. She's, She's not, not wrong. wrong. That is that is abundantly true. It's prescient from Sarah Gaitlin, the the girl who hates football. Why did she watch the game? I have you? no idea. She might like you. That's there's, a revelation. There's a chance, <laughs> there's a chance things are looking up. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Um, so all sorts of takes coming out of this game. Um, uh, the Baker Mayfield hate for some people. Um, but uh, ultimately, the deciding factor in this game was a horrible, horrible day from Jarvis Landry. Hate to put it on him. Hate to have him carry that weight, but his fumble in the fourth quarter is the fourth, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And then his two subsequent drop passes after that absolutely slaughtered our chances to win this game. Um, and I think any one of those goes differently. I think we have a pretty good chance to win. It, I, what do you do when like one of those really awful, like bad luck things happens to the Browns? Like, what is your reaction in the moment i mean i have like so okay so like the first one would be the jarvis fumble what are you what is like going through your mind like while that happens because every browns fan out there has this like consistent experience where it's like oh you've got to be kidding me yeah so it feels like my experience is that it feels like uniquely browns and then i try to sit and watch other nfl games through that lens and like what was it last night? I, I can't remember who it was, but like the the, Vi- the Vikings and the the Cowboys. Like, I think it was Kirk Cousins got sacked, or no, it was uh, Cooper Rush got sacked and fumbled like late in the fourth quarter. And it's like, oh, that's like the defining moment. Carson Wentz right? throws the interception yeah. in like, his own end zone. Like the reality is, these things happen, and yeah. you need to be able to like, you need players who they don't happen to or who are more like aware of the moment in Jarvis's case, he needs to not fight for those extra yards for the sake of protecting the ball. Like we didn't need those extra yards. He, he had it, he was fighting and wasn't protecting the ball enough. Um, but these things happen in the NFL. Yeah. It's not uniquely when, Browns. What's yeah. uniquely Browns I, is our inability to overcome it or recover. When the fumble specifically happened, that was my thought. 
that happens. That's yeah. a huge bummer. But when the fumble happened, that was my thought. Yeah. So I always have a very like visceral emotional reaction that like sometimes comes out, sometimes is squelched. Like it no, just depends. Is it, it ever squelched? I feel oh, like it, it does. always comes out. No, it it comes out a lot. Um, it, but then I it's very a high, quick, it's a high shriek. Yeah, typically. But I very quickly um, want to like rationalize the situation, and I think about the law of averages, and like this is like it's gonna be okay. Like the Browns are a better team than the Steelers. We this did not fall our way. Something else is gonna come our way. We just gotta keep our head down and keep playing and keep executing, and like we can still win this game. It's okay. This game was awful in this sense because everything felt like it was going the wrong way against the Browns. And then the thing that keeps repeating in my head is how fortunate that final touchdown catch was for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like the Browns played that. It was fourth and goal. They couldn't kick a field goal. And like these things did feel like they were going in the Browns' way. And then the Browns had perfect coverage. We like made contact with the ball and it got knocked away and as Firemuth has fallen to the ground he's able to make the catch and keep his feet in bounds but that's that's the difference in this game right you have you have Firemuth making an incredible play it was that, an incredible that he, play he doesn't make most of the time i would i would venture to guess that's like, not like who that's, i know pat Firemuth to that's, be that's not taking away from him on on what he did necessarily but it's just like Kind of the way the ball bounced was kind of fortunate, and he was able to take advantage of it. And then you have some of our wide receivers, Jarvis Landry most notably, just dropping open passes. Those two things in combination are the reason why we lost. Yikes. I would say the only thing that went the Browns' way is uh, Jordan Elliott didn't get called for roughing the passer Um. (laughs) on Boswell. Yeah, well, the Boswell yeah. play might have been the thing that went the Browns' way. <laughs> yeah. We literally – does anyone know what happened to him, actually? Like, have you I think seen it was any post-game concu- I think report? it was just a concussion. Yeah, he but, died. But the- <laughs> <laughs> uh, His spirit left him. <laughs> there was just a whole immemorial <laughs> deal on Monday Night Football. Uh, <laughs> he did look dead for – like, they kept well, cutting to him. We were dying. Well, what was – Can you imagine being, like, his family member and, like, watching oh, that? That would be so horrendous. Oh, my word. Well, and he was, like, limping off the field, but I don't think he actually had a lower body injury. I think it was just, like, a whole body injury. Yeah, like, everything hurt. Yeah. He was not well. Oh, dear. Uh, that, but that definitely did go poor, our way. And guy. then uh, what's the punter's name? Fat Pre- guy. Fat guy. Fat. Uh, Harvin. Pres- Presley Harvin. Harvin. Presley Harvin. Uh, I was very entertained um, throughout the game, even though we were losing by the idea of him going out there and attempting a field goal. Um, we were legitimately petitioning for the Browns to go up by eight points there whenever we were driving there near the end of the game so that or get eight points, go up by three, so the Steelers would be forced into like driving and having to attempt have, a long I, field goal. I don't, I don't think they would have. I, I think they would have gone for the end zone because they had opportunities to you know have him thing? make It's like kind of like kick. stuck between a rock and a hard place because Fat Big Ben can't throw it down the field either. So, yeah. like, what? This is true. What like, are you? Like which that, fat guy do you want? That two point conversion from the twelve yard line that they attempted, and it <laughs> yeah. didn't even make it past the line of scrimmage. because yeah, Miles Garrett wrecked. Because we got home and Ben just dumped it. Yeah, but here's here's kind of like the thing is they had unfortunate things that happened to them too, um, like losing the kicker. Uh, yeah. That that's that's a huge deal. 
Um, it just it just didn't fall our way this week, and we shouldn't be in that tight a game with but the I, Pittsburgh Steelers. So this our is, offense needs to be able to do more in that game when we have Conklin back, when we have Jedrick Wills back, when we have Nick Chubb, and we they're stacking them. Five people on the line of scrimmage. We had our entire starting offense on the field. And granted, people are banged up, right? Uh, uh, Odell Beckham certainly not healthy. But when we cannot push the ball down the field, when we cannot throw the ball, not even mid-level, we weren't throwing the ball, and we definitely weren't throwing it long, that is when we get into a position where we score 10 points in a game. And we're not even trying to. That's the thing that's frustrating me. Um. You made the comment that things didn't fall our way in this game, and I feel the same thing. But was it as much that things didn't go our way, or is it more that like this team doesn't... I, I feel like more and more as we're losing these close games that were within hand that Sarah Kate observes, we lost, like the Browns lost this game, more so than the Steelers won it. Do we not have the right like mentality in this game? Like, is it a little bit of reflect? Like, I'm not one. I love Kevin Stefanski, but I'm kind of wondering as time goes on, like, do we not have the right mentality like ingrained in this team right now? It just doesn't feel like we have that killer instinct, the confidence that we're going to go out there and execute and make it happen. I, I, I we're can't... not tight, you know. Rashard Higgins has that, you know penalty false start false start like in the most inopportune time like we're not buttoned up in and like i really felt like we put a team out on the field last year that looked very prepared and i can't say the same well, thing necessarily and, and i think this we year. lead the nfl in penalty yards given up and if we don't we were like coming into this week so if we we don't lead the nfl we're near the bottom yeah we're we're not doing ourselves favors And I kind of tend to think these, like, clutch moment situations, like, you need confidence. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And we haven't succeeded in any of these moments. And each time we fail, like, it it, kind of snowballs. And the the pressure builds. It erodes the confidence. And and you're not sure And you're pressing more rather than just, like, operating and, like, executing. I mean, I know these are, like, transcendent talents, but you see guys who – who win in these moments routinely, like Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Like, I can't help but think that part of the reason why they win is because the other team is convinced that they're already going to lose because of the other guy across on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And these guys have done it before. And so they know that they can do it. They're confident. They yeah. just go it's out It's just like what we were talking about the golf course the other day. Yeah. Whenever I play you guys in anything, I have a supreme level of confidence that I'm going to win. It's the one yeah. avenue. It's the one arena in which I have an ultimate level of confidence. Yeah. You you play other competition under pressure and I fold. Crumble. And I fold. I play either one of you, and I have the utmost confidence that I'm going to win. It's really a similar situation. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. So we need to figure out who the Browns and maybe the Browns siblings are the Bengals. Maybe the Bengals it's are going to be. I was thinking be about the, it. The get right game. I was thinking about that because that's the one game that we've come back and like made a comeback and like won the game. It's it's not a bad it's not a bad thought. Yeah. And I mean we'll we'll talk about this game later, but this is a must win. Like if if the Browns are going to like continue on and make the playoffs this year, this is probably a must win game. I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, okay. So, 
there are there is these tight tight games where there's these little things and maybe confidence is the the problem in this game but i think that the problem with this team our talent level um is more than that and i want to know what do you think are the reasons why we were in this tight of a game with the pittsburgh steelers where we only scored 10 points in this game like it's there is something that our offense is not doing that is causing us to not produce um what are the contributing factors to that what is missing um and what can we do to like right this ship going forward i think the threat of deep passing is the biggest thing we've already talked about that a little bit um I just think that right now, if you, if you're an opposing team playing the Cleveland Browns, you are going to key in on stopping the run game. And if you can stop the run game, I think you feel pretty good about your chances of stopping the Browns. Like, there's not a threat of anything else at this point. And so I, I just think that until we unleash some sort of a threat downfield, it's just not that scary to play the Browns. I mean... The Browns have a run game and a screen game that's successful and nothing else. It's a offense. it's a killer screen game though. It's a killer screen game. Yeah, so I I watched some highlights. Um, Baker played pretty well in this game. Baker was not the reason we lost. Um, Baker is Agreed. still not really playing confident. You're making that assessment after watching the highlights. Yeah, I I wanted to I wanted to go back and watch the game. But Sorry, I've. Just had to give you a hard time for no, making giving a take after saying you watched the highlights. I watched the highlights. Well, well, well you watched the game. I watched, I watched the game too, and then I went back and watched some of the highlights to like, yeah, um, like the the play to Odell over the middle of the field where he goes up with, with one arm. Baker double clutches that throw. That throw is open and on time if he just rips it the first time, and he's not playing confident throwing the ball downfield. A and historically classic Baker problem. Classic Baker problem. So like that is. Hurting our downfield passing game because those balls have to be on time, especially if you've got a team playing like too high defense. And if you've those got a smaller target than you normal, gotta, you, gotta, you know, throw. like yeah. Odell doesn't have his full range of exactly. like catch radius. And Odell's hurt. Odell is Odell prob- arguably shouldn't be playing football right now. Like I can't knock the guy for going out there and grinding it out, but like he is not. He's he's not a healthy. I think that ball right was catchable though, and because Odell was hurt, he cut his route short and he jumped too early, and he didn't he didn't continue, and he went up with only one hand. Yeah, like, but but I mean, because that, he's but hurt. that's that's where it plays out, right? Yeah. it's like you, I don't. You have to be. He's a, getting open just fine. You have to, you have to his, be a psychopath. His injuries not keeping him from getting open. His injuries keeping him from making the play. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so so that's tough. Um, and I, I put I, – I wanted to go back and watch the whole game and watch the coach's tape because I still don't feel like we're just, like, scheming open, like, throws in the flat or, like, rollouts for Baker like we have, like, in years past. And I, I don't really know why. They did I, for Keenum last week, and they didn't have I it for Baker all year. I haven't been able Pick to, like, up. go back through and, and, and watch and see what the defense is doing to, to maybe stop that. But – I mean, the fact that we were able to do it for Keenum last week and we're not doing it for Baker, like, it just I, – I don't understand. Same. All we needed was 17 points. 16 points. It was you know, super like, sad to only come like, away with 10 points. Like, I mean, good the Pittsburgh Steelers are not a good offense, and we held them to 15 points, which 
I would kind of argue is more than we should give up to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but like 15 points is enough to win the game. The inconsistency like, it's ridiculous. Uh, of our offensive output from game to game is so frustrating. I and mean, we put 40 something up against the Chiefs, we put 40 something up against the Chargers. Like we're we're very capable. It's like of when when we need to score points, we can score points like against a team that can also score. But I that's actually our, a good that's is a, our play good. calling getting too conservative in teams that aren't very good? That's like a reasonable point. That's a reasonable point. Or is it just happen that teams with good offenses have? Are we defenses? game planning to like <laughs> really like pull it all out and just feel like we and against a team like the Steelers where we feel like we just need to control the game and not lose it? We're like playing much more conservative and close to the vest. I could be. It's possible. I just keep going back to the fact that we're losing these close games. Um, we lost the Steelers one possession game. If in any of these games, we have a 38.9 percentage conversion rate on fourth down, and we have five total forced turnovers on the whole year. We forced, nine, just we forced one, nine fumbles and recovered two. In just one damn game, if we can consistently or at least at a 50% rate, convert on fourth down and get one turnover, we will win every single game. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, These things have to regress back to the mean. Like, like we can't keep up this pace of, of not recovering fumbles, which are proven statistically random, and we have to get better converting on fourth down. And, like, that might just be, like, statistical oddity. Or maybe we need to just scheme it up better. But, like, we're going to get better. We have to get better. I mean, it's the reason why I'm not, like, pushing the panic button on the season entirely because we've lost these games, but, like, they're games that we've lost to – I mean, the Steelers aren't a good team by any means. But they're, they're not a tr- – they're, they're not a trash team. Yeah. Um, and we're right there. Like, it was clearly the game the Browns lost. Like, we're just – we're not pulling it all together. Like I could see the Browns easily just going on a run, figuring it out, and like just p- stringing wins together, like, one like, after another, like tweaking two things, figuring out two. It's things, not that it far away. Lost, like yeah. if a couple of these little plays go different in any of these games that we've lost, aside from the Cardinals game, um, it's we're we've got a great record. Like we could so easily be six and two. And we'd be f- the top of the AFC, and it's like it, I don't think the the uh, marginal could, difference between us being six and two and four and four. It, there's yeah. very few things that would you have could, had to break you for could, that to happen. You could change the result of three plays in our season, and we would be seven and one. Sure, like one play in each of those games that we lost by one score. Yeah, and, and you're seven and one. Um, so I. I'm not pushing the panic button entirely, but four and four is not at all where we um, thought or hoped we would be at this particular point in time. Um, it was I, huge that we got that win against Denver. I, I think so, I predicted the Browns to be fourteen and three. <laughs> I know you did, and I, I know you did. Oops! And I said already lost that one. Uh, damn it! Um, all right, so another huge divisional game coming up against the Bengals, who lost to the Jets this last Sunday. Um, big game, big divisional game. Um, what do you guys think are going to be the most important factors 
um, to pulling out that dub. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my important factor while also giving a shout out for a great performance. It's gonna be the pass rush. Miles Garrett was a monster against the Steelers, and he's it's going true. up against another pretty bad offensive line. We need Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney to keep doing what they're doing. They did just fine. And Joe Burrow's not going to get the ball out as fast as Big Ben does. He, he will not. We'll, they'll have more opportunities. Um, our defense has been largely good. I think over the course of the season, we have not been able to stop the run. Our defensive tackles are piss poor. Outside of Malik McDowell. Love that guy. But if he's off the field, Andrew Billings is worthless. He's just a giant waste of space. We, we talked so we talk before big. the pod. Like, his contract is guaranteed, but I'm ready to cut him. Like, I, Tommy Togia cannot be worse. It's than, hard to imagine he could than, be. Than what Andrew Billings is giving us. He's, he's getting beat by one, like, a guard is pushing him off his spot. Like, the, the Najee Harris touchdown. Malik Jackson holds his spot. Andrew Billings gets pushed off by the right guard and just driven out of the play. Honestly, impressive. Just, I mean, yeah, based on just pure like volume size. <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't know what is going on with Billings. Maybe he's always sucked. <laughs> I don't know. And we just made a mistake in signing it. But I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand why he's still getting reps in the in the middle of the defense because he loses every single time. He was the reason why the field goal got blocked against last week against the Broncos, right? Um, Didn't see it. It's unbelievably frustrating. Um, I think the the key to the game is just the defense. I mean, um, we're going to have to score points, but right now the defense has to play. We're, we're not going to be able to score a ton of points because the offense isn't clicking. So, like, we need the defense to be sharp. We need we need turnovers is, is what we need. You said we've only forced five on the year. It's – we're near the bottom of the league. I think we're 31st um, in turnover differential. Uh, we need turnovers. We it's need big plays. It's actually not that bad. We're we in need... like the low 20s. It's not as bad as I thought it would Our be. Our differentials low the 20s? Differential, okay. yeah. I think we're 31st in like forced turnovers, which That's is probably credit it. to our offense. We're not turning the ball over. Yeah, we're, we're not, not actually. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but we need to put our offense in like, like easy field position situations. Yeah, um, and make big plays. Maybe have we? Do we have a defensive touchdown on the year? I don't think we do. I don't remember one. Nope. Um, as great as Miles has been, one of the things we benefited from from Miles early in the season last year was all of the forced fumbles, and he hasn't caused any turnovers yet this mm-hmm. year. He's had all those um, sacks, all those opportunities. Which, like, I don't. I'm not like faulting the guy. Um, I'm pretty happy with the output but so it's, far. But it's he's come. doing fairly well. Um, but that that's a difference. Like that swings games significantly when you get a forced fumble, and we just haven't had any of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, Bengals game. I want to see this offense move the ball on this Bengals defense. This Bengals defense has been really a really solid unit all season. They don't have any one player that you're worried about or scheming about, but they've been playing really well as a unit. And I'm worried about running the ball on this Bengals defense. They've they're, been stout. Their defensive ends are long, and it's hard to get outside. Like it's we don't hard. ever run outside anyway. It's it's hard, to, but like the the stretch zone, like outside zone, like it's we just don't stout. we hardly ever do that. We didn't we didn't do that once this we'll last see. week. 
Grandpa was I mean, right. I would we actually... ran right into the middle of the Steelers line every single <laughs> no, time. No, but that's part of the problem because they've yeah. got they've got TJ Watt and they've got Alex Highsmith like setting the edge and you can't get outside, right? And so it forces them back inside. Like I'm I'm worried that we're gonna be in the same boat against these Bengals defense. Trey Hendrickson is a big long dude. Um nice. it's gonna be tough. But we got we gotta throw the ball against the Bengals. Like yep. they They've got some corners who have kind of overperformed, but outside of Jesse Bates, that secondary is not, I wouldn't say impressive. No. Yeah. I, I want to. And we need to catch the ball. Just catch the ball. Is Donovan People Jones going to be back? What is the designation? He, didn't, he, never, went, he never went on IR. I would ima- he's missed two games now. I would now. imagine he's close. So I would, like, he would have gone on, I guess that first game was pregame injury. So. Um, but I would think, I don't know, I would hope that he's close. Um, but that would be a huge help. Honestly, we need him. Um, we need someone that's going to catch the ball consistently, and he does. Um, well, and that's what's frustrating. Like, I think Richard Higgins went all of last season without a drop and had a big drop on third down in this game. Uh, Jarvis actually has a, a fair number of drops and catches ridiculous passes that he has no business catching. But – had those had those drops in this game. Um, having DPJ back would be huge because having, our wide receiver core is beat up, and so having more healthy bodies who can actually perform the task would be beneficial. So this game is super important because it's a divisional game. They'll still be ahead of us in the division, um, but we'll really move the needle um, if we can get the win. Um, I think we'll probably pass them in the division if we win. Um, because we'll have the same record. Well, after that game, we'll have the same record if we win, and we'll have the head-to-head matchup. Um, and then um, we got New England the following week, and then Detroit. So there's hope for, like you're saying, playing the Bengals and turning the corner. New England beatable. Detroit imminently beatable. Definitely beatable. It's about as easy as you could ask for. But these next three New weeks. New England game is a challenge. Well, no, New, England's, tough New England's tough. Detroit's about as easy as you could ask for. New England's tough. But when I look at the rest of our schedule, uh, I feel better. I would rather play New England than I would than play Baltimore. I'd I, rather play New England than play Green Bay. No, I mean, I said on the podcast, I think, last week, this four-game stretch starting with the Steelers this past week is, like, the easy stretch it's before, a, like, a tough run. This is a problem. And we, I thought we needed to win four games. If ideally, but like definitely needed to win three, and we just put ourselves behind the eight ball and need to win the next three, basically. Unfortunately, that's true. You're you're not wrong. I mean, the Steelers are the. I mean, looking at it from a just a division perspective, the Steelers are the worst team in the in the North, and we just lost our home game against them. Is is that bad? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, no, that's, that's not that's, good at all. It's just really so frustrating bad. that we started this season at three and one, and now we're here. And now we're here at four and four. Those brutal, brutal loss to the Chargers and the Steelers just now. It just doesn't have to be like this. This is going to be super important. We got to win some games, um, and so uh, also in an, in another avenue. Um, the trade deadline's coming up. Matthew, you 
have some suggestions of trades that you want the Browns to make? Are these things that you're just throwing out there, or do you actually want the Browns to pull the trigger? These, these are things I'm throwing out there, and I don't know, I don't know what it would cost. So I will couch this whole discussion in that. You haven't which, got on the phones yet? No, I haven't. I haven't called Andrew. We <laughs> we don't talk. Unfortunately, he stopped returning my calls. You don't have to yet. call um, him. You <laughs> could just call the other like GMs and understand so, what the price tags are. So, so far in my assessment, the weakness of this Browns team is a run-stopping defensive tackle. That's traditionally a rather like expendable cheap position in the NFL. Um, I haven't identified a player I would imagine there are some run-stopping defensive tackles. It'd be on, nice if you do more homework before it, this podcast. It would. Podcast. I'm sorry. I didn't get to watch, rewatch Matthew it came in, the only one had, who did any homework for yeah. the podcast, <laughs> yeah, as Michael they're, drinks they're his crap. beer yeah. and doesn't record grandpa. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> giving me crap. Um, I, I would imagine there will be an opportunity to bring in a run-stopping defensive tackle. The Browns' defense cannot stop the run if Malik McDowell is off the field. Like – so bringing in a guy who is a, is a two-down defensive tackle in rundowns and gets off the field shouldn't be expensive, and there should be somebody out there in the league. Somebody that does what Andrew uh, Billings is supposed to do. Exactly. And move on from Andrew Billings for all I care, whatever. Just cut bait. Second thing, Jack Conklin dislocated his elbow. He's out. Who knows how long. There's no serviceable it's, tackles it's you're probably not, in a trade. It's not a season-ending injury. Um, I would imagine he's out through the bye week. We've got four games, and then the bye week, that's five. I, I did a rudimentary Google search. Some website told me a dislocated elbow in the NFL is usually a three- to six-week injury. Adds up. That's reasonable. W- Get him back for the second, de- second de- Ravens game. Depending on the price, it would be interesting to see the Browns call the Jets about uh, Morgan Moses, their right tackle, who's on oh, a one-year I deal. I you were going to say Mekhi Becton. No. He's, he's on a one-year deal, and the other benefit is he might be a guy who's interesting in Baltimore for the Ravens. The Ravens need offensive line help. Uh, they need a right tackle. So you could get a right tackle who comes in to be your swing Why tackle. Why would the Jets give him up, though? The Jets, he's, he's on a one-year deal. He's, he's walking at the end of the season. The Jets aren't going anywhere this year. They have two wins now. So go ahead and two big wins, honestly. Yeah, two wins against the good teams. <laughs> um, so go ahead and trade him. What it, I don't know what that price tag would be, and it, it might be too high. But make the call. See if you can bring in a right tackle that can give you time for Conklin to get healthy. And then once Conklin's healthy, now you have three tackles. You why can feel should decent about. Why should I do that versus just roll with Blake Hans, who's been super solid? Blake Hans was not solid this game, and I know he got thrown in there um, against some of the better pass rushers, and I'm not sure he's the best run blocker. He's bad at run blocking. He's good at pass blocking. Yes, and he struggled. I mean, it's T.J. Watt, so like anybody could struggle. But Morgan Moses is definitely an upgrade. Um, You think they want OBJ? (laughs) I'll trade him straight up for sure. (laughs) One to one. It would honestly make us a better team in the short term. Um, and I'm, I'm not an OBJ hater, but right now, um, I'm getting there. I'd give a fifth round pick for Morgan Moses. And I'd be surprised. Like, what do the jets want for a right tackle? Who's probably, I mean, unless they think they're going to bring it back. I just think that if I'm the jets, 
I'm counting on Zach Wilson to be back in a few weeks, and I don't want to get my rookie fragile quarterback killed. And a fifth round pick's not enough to sacrifice that. They don't seem to have a real long. Play Mike White. Let him get killed. Just to play devil's advocate, they don't seem to have a real long term view um, as far as their play calling and what they're doing with their rookie quarterback. But that's a coaching problem, not a front office thing. So it's two different decision makers. That's fair. Um, yeah, no, okay. I like it. I mean, I, I don't expect the Browns to make those two moves. Uh, I don't know what the Jets would want for Morgan Moses. And I, like I said, I didn't identify an ideal defensive tackle to trade for. I'm just kind of hoping that that position's out there based on positional value. And Should be. There's, there's teams that just don't care anymore because they're already out of it. So. Yeah, one of my best friends who came on the podcast, notable Jets fan, pretty disappointed about that win against the Bengals. You guys remember being there? <laughs> I, w- I tried to erase it from my Darn memory. It. Yeah, he was he was bummed about the bummed about the W. He'd already just given up total hope and is gunning for losses. Mike White, man, I remember it so well. But he was excited about Mike White. Yeah, does he want Mike White to keep playing? He did say quarterback controversy, which is which is just so funny to me. You know what, uh, Mike? Mike White's depth of target was like average depth of target was like three point seven yards. Yeah, which, Michael Carter got and he got like how many yards? Yeah. He got like three hundred. He had 400, 400 plus yards, um, but it was all dump offs. It was all dump offs, which was the complete opposite of what Zach Wilson does. Yeah. So all Zach Wilson needs to do is just like get a little more Philip Rivers in him and just like be willing to like take the dump offs and shovel pass it. He'll be just fine. He's just too good. Yeah. He knows he can do better. Yeah. Um uh, all right. Well I'd be down for either of those things because we need tackle help. We need interior defensive line help. I hope. I'm I'm not anticipating I'm that the Browns make tackle. any I'm not anticipating that the Browns make any moves. Um but either one of those would be fine with me. Um I would I I actually think Andrew Barry's a, a a mover and a shaker and a trader. Like I, I'm not expecting it to be groundbreaking, but I would be surprised if he wasn't active at the trade deadline. What? No NFL teams make trades at the trade deadline. No, that's that hasn't been true the last two years. The like, trade deadline's been fairly active. It has been. I I just don't. Freaking Von Miller got traded today. <laughs> I mean, but we're within it's pretty 24 hours of it being closed and nothing's so? happened. It doesn't, I, you don't have to, you don't have to. What makes you think it's going to happen? Like at the, t- I just, oh, I, 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 I think it's more likely to happen like right at the end because you're, you're waiting for offers. You're waiting for all the teams to take care or leave it. Yep. Now or never. Yeah. No. Tomorrow's going to be fun. I'll be I'll be paying attention to the Twitter sphere. I'll get a push notification if it happens. I'm quite sure. Same. Or or a text. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. That's a push notification. Yeah, who wins? Uh, who wins? Um All right. We don't pick the lines anymore. We're not competing against anything. We've kind of given up on this whole thing. The picking the lines? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The Bengals are favored. Sure. The Bengals are favored by 3. Um, I know. I, I which told is my, just a sad reality. I had a really bad week uh, gambling on the NFL, so I told myself I wasn't going to do it anymore. And then I saw the Bengals were favored by three, and I was like, 
come right back in. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That is very funny. Um, and sad for you and your wife. And I'm right back in. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose five dollars this week. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, all right, Browns fans, um, you're not alone. We're in it with you. We're sad too. Your feelings are mentionable. The good news is. There's no good teams in the AFC. You got the Buffalo Bills. Everybody else might be crap. So we're right in the right in the mix of all the crap. That's right. That's right. I completely agree with that. It's a matter of who. It's like if the season just stopped right now, we're it's whoever's going to play like decent the rest of the way. Like yep. that is what's going to – we don't have to worry about what has happened so far. There's enough mess in the AFC yep. right now that what happens from here on out is what matters for who makes the playoffs more than anything else. Absolutely. And so you don't have to even, – Even in our division. Like we can still win our division. We have enough division sure. games and our division opponents. It's like we there's the, questions we, about everybody in our division. I mean, like if you talk – I think it's a little ridiculous. But if you talk to people that – watch the NFL and national media, they would say the Bengals are certainly a better team than the Browns right now. And if we beat the Bengals, we have the same record after this week. Like we'll, it's be ahead not, of, we'll be ahead of them in division. Well, we'll have the tiebreaker, yeah. Yeah, and we'll be tied. Um. Anyways, it's it's very They're, close. The, it's well within reach. This is, the this Browns is, this just is need to get it. over. This yeah. is not over. There's a world of possibilities ahead. We have a, we have a lot of football to play. Nine games, in fact. Not but, eight. But we'll Not be singing like a diff- we'll be singing a very different tune if the Browns lay an egg against the Bengals. Yeah, then we should just tank and trade everybody. <laughs> I'll be after the trade deadline. Like, Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. On that optimistic note, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Go Browns! Go Browns! Yeah.